Hello, ho, 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 ho. We're starting the show with a Christmas themed snack. We're going to be talking about relationships today and whether or not they thrive or suffer during the Christmas season. We're also going to be talking about the origins of certain Christmas tunes that you're familiar with, and it wouldn't be Christmas in Paranormal Corner without talking about whether or not ghosts show up during the winter season. So stick around. And welcome back to Snack Little Talk Little. I'm Mark. And I'm Jenna. And those are our sleigh bells that we only get to use once a year. It's Christmas time. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Pleasant Kwanzaa. And all the other... All uh, that. Stuff. Just make it a good one. (laughs) So we're starting with something that... uh, There are a couple things here that have been warmed. Let me explain what you got here, Mark. We've taken a picture of you guys, and it will be on our Facebook page uh, and Instagram. So you have sourdough toast, still warmish, okay. probably a little bit of butter. Yeah, still, we, still a little warm. We both have, this is homemade jam, and it was gifted to me from a co-worker. So we'll both try each the, the jam. They've okay. not been open. So we each have different homemade jam. Yeah, so one oh, okay. for each each toast. So the one I have is, and I'm not going to plug the place until we decide if it's actually good. Okay. Uh, so the one that I have here is classic blueberry jam. It says it's just blueberries and sugar. Right, and mine says apple spice butter. Okay, so yeah, so apple butter, apple, yum. Apple spice butter. So we'll try that, but also I added a ginger snap because I thought, ooh, what could make a ginger snap better but by adding a little bit of jam? I'm thinking oh, the really? apple spice one. I was thinking. And then we also have... Well, you <laughs> you cracked me up. You, I have never thought of taking something sweet as a cookie and adding stuff. But ginger snaps <laughs> to me more... are not that sweet. Yeah, well, this one has like a powdered sugar coating on it. It does. You can see the cracks. (laughs) Seems like. So also, you have some hot chocolate. It's Nestle is now making abuelita, the Mexican style hot chocolate. Abuelita. Abuelita. Okay. Abuelita. And so we'll see whether or not their like Insta pack of hot chocolate is all that. It should have some cinnamon in it. Okay, I have to clean off my knife. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you finished that with knife because I thought you were going to say something else. Wait, I, what? what? I, thought what? You were cleaning? I thought you were going to say I've got to clean off my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take too much of the apple butter because I think that would be Why would perfect. I? I'm, I'm putting jelly on toast. Why would I even think of my nuts at that point? Why would I think of your nuts at that point? Is the real question here. <laughs> Um, by the way, the apple butter smells amazing, and the blueberry jam, I can okay. see little lovely, we've, I would say wild blueberries. We've traded jams. Dancing I gotta around put, in there. I got to put little blueberries on my toast here. Oh, and I didn't smell that one, but the apple butter smells amazing. This is all pretty, pretty darn good. Well, you're, where do you, I'm going to take it. All right, go ahead. Yeah, by all means, get into it. Wow, the blueberries. Hmm. Mm. It's harder to spread the blueberries because this has whole blueberries mm-hmm. in it. And see how tiny they are? That's yeah. why I think they're they're wild, which means, I think, it will have amazing flavor. Well, I think when you cook blueberries, don't they get smaller as opposed to the fresh blueberries that seem bigger? Um, Maybe. I mean, maybe they fall <laughs> apart because that doesn't make sense. If you're hydrating them even more, it seems like they get even more. Oh, I forgot to put some on my, my uh, cookie. Which I haven't done at all yet. Oh. Why would you put anything on my cookie? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. The apple butter is lovely. And that little hit of salt from the salted real European butter. Mm. All right. Now we are we're done exchanging things, right? So I'm going to lick. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I'm not done yet. <laughs> so I can lick the knife, right? Yeah, you can. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to do apple butter on my. All right. So I'm going to um, try the apple butter toast. Okay. <laughs> it's so good. That's good apple butter. You guys, I come from a canning family, so I'm a, I'm a jam snob. That's why I thought, well, we'll try it on here. And if we like what we try, I'll give a plug for them because I did look them up. Um, this is a gift from a friend at work. Uh, <laughs> no offense, <laughs> but I thought it'd be a fun thing to try and see whether or not we like what we're trying. And does it seem like it's just as possible for them to have just bought something at the store and put it in a tiny jar? Because these say, are little tiny jars. And say, I made it. <laughs> yeah. What do you think so far? I like it. I had actually tasted a little bit of the apple butter, a- apple spice butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
on its own off the toast because you put some a good amount of butter on the toast. Mm, yeah. Or at least you put butter on the toast. Yes, so I can I did. taste that. But uh, I like the apple butter. Crust. It's a spiced apple. Yep. It's a, actually, I don't know where the butter, it's hard for me to tell where the butter is because you have butter in the toast. But anyway, good. I like it. I like it too. I'm going to try it on the gingerbread cookie. Oh, okay. Or the ginger cookie. Ginger snap. What, okay. What do you call these? Ginger snap. See, because they're a little bit of snap, a little bit of crunch. I don't know that it needs it, but I mean, why the heck not? No, but it certainly makes it a little spicier. I like that. Uh, could be that, but I might have added cayenne to my ginger snaps. <laughs> not, oh, this... not to the point where it's like hot and hurt you, just enough right. to say, oh, I still have that little bit of... Uh... By the way, that was my nickname in high school. Which part? <laughs> hot and hurt you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so either you go first with the blueberry or I will. Go I ahead. Want it. Go oh, ahead. Okay, all right. I'm going to try this one out. <laughs> the toast is so crunchy. I can mm-hmm. I can hear you, the the crunch part of the toast, and you you weren't even near the microphone on that one. I'm okay, gonna, that's good. I'm gonna try the blueberry as well. Mm. If I didn't know that it was blueberry, I don't know that there's anything about it that I would say. Oh, of course, that's obviously blueberry. But I don't know that that's the person who made this. I don't know that it's. I'd say it's their fault because blueberries are pretty. You're right. Mild. Yeah, this is a mild blue. I gotta say, the amount of butter you put on this toast is freaking awesome. Well, thank you. Because there is a lot of butter for me. I mean, notice I mean, that it's melted because I didn't want to be shamed by you. <laughs> <laughs> I do prefer it melted on toast. It is great. Say. It the the amount of butter on here is is wonderful. I mean, it's it's. Can There's I just get some more butter that I toast? Follow. <laughs> And he says, crust to crust is a must. So there's that. All right. Okay, so I put apple butter on my ginger snap. I'm going to try a little bit of that. Mm. Knowing what they taste like already with the, without the jam. Mm. Wait, I should be talking when you're eating. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all getting the Christmas spirit and I'm enjoying the food even more than I normally enjoy the food. Okay, a ginger snap with apple butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get you some ginger snaps, get you some apple butter and some vanilla ice cream, crumble the ginger snaps over the vanilla ice cream scoop or two, and put some apple butter, drizzle the apple, warm it up maybe, drizzle the apple butter on it. Now I want ice cream. (laughs) But we have this wonderful drink. Yes, we do. What what do we have? It looks like hot chocolate. Yep. It's the, so it's interesting because it's made by Nestle. I don't know that Nestle was always the one who makes... What did you call it? Ab- 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 Abuelita. Abuelita. Abuelita, which means little grandmother. Oh, okay. Well, it's instant, you guys. Like I said, Mexican hot chocolate usually has cinnamon in it, the real deal. I don't see anything on the little packet that says, but my expectation is that there will be like a little bit of a cinnamony flavor to it. Yeah, this, this tastes like uh, uh, what we traditionally call, well, what we call traditional Mexican hot chocolate, which is grandma's hot chocolate. Abuelita is a brand, but I guess they're using it here. Oh, no, I guess this is their instant mm-hmm. packet. That's right. Because I bought the Abuelita that comes in. The mix. In, no, it, no, it, it oh, comes in chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like disc. a Yeah, chocolate disc right. with like a pie cuts in it. And I actually eat that. That's like a chocolate what I'm bar. used to is seeing it like that. <laughs> so this was, was an all new thing to me. Um. The cinnamon is really mild, so I wouldn't mind if there was a little bit more spice flavor to it, but it's very good. We're Mark is more of a chocolate snob than I am, but we're both a little bit of chocolate, chocolate snobs. I would also wouldn't mind if this was not so milk chocolatey, but it is very good. And but I'll that's the nature of it. For most of you, <laughs> it would probably be fine. Right. Mexican hot chocolate is not a dark, deep hot chocolate. It's not like a Colombian coffee hot chocolate. It should be, though. Wait, did I just make that up? <laughs> Did you? I don't know. I have to call Juan, Juan Valdez. So Merry Christmas to you. Ginger Snap, uh, a jam Christmas gift. So what do you think? Should we Wait, tell Merry people? Merry Christmas to me or are you saying that to, to everyone? You, to everybody. But oh. Merry Christmas to you because you're oh. getting a little pre-Christmas right. snack here. Well, wait a minute. If you said Merry Christmas to me and you provided me, now I feel like I didn't bring a gift. The gift is, is just you being you know, here, Mark. You know what, though? I did bring a gift. Oh. I brought a gift for you. Oh. Jen. <laughs> 
that was Jenna's not expecting this. Here's a gift I have. Hold on. Uh, let me get my phone out. I want to take a picture of you opening it. Because if it jumps out at me or something, I'm going to be really <laughs> mad at you. I'm afraid. Now I'm afraid. No, I said take a picture, not take a video. If I was going to take a video, then you'd be uh, concerned. All right, see what you have. Put your hand in the bag. It's wrapped in a perfect brown bag, <laughs> lunch bag. I'm feeling it first. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Put your hand in my it's sack so and feel smooth. around and see what you... <laughs> it has a stem. Oh, how cute. Is it... Now, I hope you like it. It's a pepper. It's a bell pepper. Now, I love it. I'll be honest. I was actually bringing that over to you because we're friends. It's adorable. And it's from my garden. It's very cute. And I, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to make it seem like it's a Christmas gift. I don't think I've ever had a garden-grown one, so this will be interesting to see yeah, they're whether great. or not I, I had to harvest the same to me. about five of those yesterday because we had a cold snap here in Southern yep. California, which meant we had frost for a couple of days. And it's starting to affect the plants, so now I have to harvest everything off the plants. And one of the plants actually... Uh, the the bush snapped, and it had a branch that had five of those on it. So it's a uh, smallish uh, bell pepper, but it's all it. uh, came straight from my garden. I was bringing that regardless of the holiday season. And that's right for those folks that are in colder climates, and you know we are we are doing this in and is our Christmas show. So we're doing this just a few days before Christmas. I am still able to harvest uh, cherry tomatoes. Uh, hot peppers and bell peppers from my garden. That's how wonderful it is to garden here in Southern California. Yeah, it's n no snow or rain for us for Christmas either, darn it. So what do you think as far as the jam? I mean, I there's like nothing it. wrong with it. The, the blueberry didn't taste like blueberry. It just but didn't is, really but necessarily... But is that just because blueberries are... It could be. I, I'm not going to blame here, the, hold your the, knife out. the jam person. We'll put a little bit of blueberry on your knife. and We'll put it under the... <laughs> Because you already licked the knife, and I want to try right. some, too. So I'm trying not to get your... All right, this isn't working. You know what? I could always just take it off of the toast and well, eat it directly. Because I only do a little bit, because I want there to be enough for you. If you guys saw a video of what, was, what just happened, <laughs> Janet shaking the thing and trying to get it on my thing. Wait, I didn't hit that bell hard enough. Mm. Okay. When oh, I yeah, bite into a blueberry by, by itself... Yeah, by itself, it's it's much better. It's So I'd say it's not the... It's not the canner or the producer of this jam. I think it's That's just right. the blueberries are just... So are you going to mention the producer of the jam Let's while we close it. out this segment? Arizona Marmalade Shop. Know where they're at? Um, yes, because I'm reading the same label. <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have an Etsy shop, and this is so small. So it looks like it's uh, etsy.com slash shop slash Arizona, Arizona Marmalade, Marmalade shop. shop. All one word. Arizona Marmalade Shop on that last thing. So I'll say it one more time. It's Etsy, E-T-S-Y dot com slash shop slash Arizona Marmalade Shop. And I did look at the site and it looks like they do offer several different things. That's awesome. Um, but I just, I chose those ones. If, 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 see, I haven't done jams yet, but if ice cream didn't need to be frozen, I would do my custom ice creams that I present yeah. on the show all the time uh, as an Etsy thing and charge $10 for a thimble of them. All right, so uh, now we have our Christmas show. Wait, hold on. Let me get the Christmas. There we go. That's our Christmas spirit in the background. But before we get to the rest of the show, we actually had a caller that called in about uh, last week's show. So we wanted we wanted to play because we always encourage you guys to call in. And you can call in on our listener line at 909-572-0278. And if you call in and leave a, you know, leave a quick dynamic message, you may be featured on the show like this caller that we had call in regarding last week's show. Quarter flash. Quarter <laughs> flash. I kept saying quarter flash. I'm sitting in my classroom listening to the podcast and I'm saying, Jana, it's quarter flash. It's that chick from quarter flash. But she didn't obviously hear me. <sighs> Great episode, guys. It was Quarter Flash, Jana, the singer from Quarter Flash. Good day. Good day. <laughs> I love that idiot. Good day. <laughs> but. Thanks for calling in, caller. But did you know when he was playing like the obscure stuff? That's what I need to know now. Oh, I see. So, Jana, you're, you're concerned about what 
at what point did she recognize it was I mean, quarter I, flash? That's she right, certainly that's recognized right. before you did. She but obviously, you did. wonder if it was like oh, on the I was first just note. Like, I know that I know this, but yeah. <laughs> but but and also, at least I was like, I'm associating this with missing persons. So right, I, I, I can see. They don't sound like each other, but it was around the same time. And this is why you guys need to listen to every single one of our episodes. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. Hey, moving on. Do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? Do you think that relationships people get do you think that people get closer during the holidays or is there some kind of a divide that might happen? I think it's a divide. I think holidays cause fights in relationships. Okay. And why do you think that? Personal experience. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I think I think so. I think there's a lot of factors because it, you have to decide depending on how deep your relationship is, and even how deep is your love? Is your love? And even if you're married, this becomes an issue of where do you spend Christmas at? Where do you spend Christmas Eve True. at? Where do you spend Christmas Day yep, or Christmas yep. night? Mm-hmm. So. That's why you get in a relationship with somebody who hates their family. That's right. So that or know. a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that worked be- well Jew, for both of us. Or or a Muslim or you yes. know, someone who doesn't celebrate Christmas, but but still it's whose family do you go to yep. at what time? Cuz I know in my life, in my family, not not I was going to say not me personally. I'm talking about me personally. When I was a kid, I know we we I had two grandparents' houses to go to. We had to go to my mom's mom's house, and I think we did that sometimes in the morning, on Christmas morning, and then we would go to my dad's parents' house. And oh, so right, we we right. whatever it was, my parents had it decided, that, and we did yeah. the same thing nearly every year. So one of my nieces and her husband they take turns. Uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday, I they almost always stay home for Christmas. Although they're doing something very different this Christmas, they won't even be home at all. I don't know who all's going on this cruise, but they're going to be on a cruise. Oh wow! Can you imagine? Well, yes. we won't get into cost, but all that family—they <laughs> are a large family, yeah. Uh, but usually, it's one Thanksgiving at home, one Thanksgiving um, at his parents because her parents are in the same area, right? Right. All right. Well, coloring, glittering, coloring, <laughs> colorful, glittering lights, delicious hot chocolate in between, shopping for gifts, and a stream of invitations to parties all signal that the holiday season is full swing. But here at the Divorce Hotel headquarters, <laughs> we need no reminders since it's around this time every year that applications start to pour in. It's a well-known fact that divorce rates increase during the holidays. Hmm. I don't know who it's well-known with. Maybe it's like other people that are like taking those applications for divorce. <laughs> Some even say that divorce rates double at Christmas time. It's true that the most wonderful time of year is not for everybody, but why has it become breakup season for so many couples? And more importantly, is there anything you can do to protect the relationship from this phenomenon? Phenomenon. To most people, the holiday season is very romantic. It's an idea that is reinforced by the constant flow of sentimental commercials and um, festive decorations that you see earlier and earlier every year. True. But the reality is that this Christmas wonderland is actually a very stressful time for many couples. And if your relationship already experiences problems, the entire month of December can be a huge test. I can see that. Yeah. What causes the stress? Well, let's see if Mark nailed it. (laughs) In a nutshell, holiday season stress is caused by time and money. Hmm. Rushing around making plans and finding those last minute gifts puts a lot of strain on couples, schedules and wallets. And the stress is even more intensified if the couple has kids. Add to that social obligations where families and friends are essentially forced to see each other, whether they want to or not, bringing all of their own expectations about how to have a wonderful Christmas. Next, add the traffic as families hustle and bustle with the final details, all the while trying to be on time for every party and dinner. Just thinking about it is exhausting, isn't it? No, we we deal with traffic all the time. I, <laughs> a, I mean, although it's I gotta say, mall traffic at this back time when of I year. would go to the mall, mall traffic used to. I, I could see that. I remember when I used to have to go to the mall to get gifts or something like that. It was uh, pretty crazy. So there's a beach town about well, depending on what day you're driving there, 
about, I don't know, what, 40, 35, 40 miles from here? I don't know. I don't know which town you're well, talking about. Well, any beach town. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's, that's in Southern California. Right. Um, anyway, I used to work in one of these um, in the Orange County. And with one of our listeners, I'm looking at you, Kara. And when we would come home from that two-hour commute, oh, it's probably worse now, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's been a few years. Oh, my gosh. The, the daily commute on the freeways is ridiculous here. That has nothing to do with the seasons. Right. Well, In that's fact, true. I have some of the jobs that I've been doing recently, I actually will work 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Makes sense. So that I avoid the morning and evening rush hours if I have to go out of town because it is just, it will suck the life out of you. About a month before, maybe the whole month of December, uh, I would say my recollection is at least two off-ramps before the big mall, Tyler, right, uh, was miserable. And, yeah. and so, yes, it was horrible, but then you hit the mall traffic at Christmas time and it was just <laughs> horrible. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that could, that could, we're still friends. But people shouldn't break up because of mall traffic, although it's saying that that's adding if, to the stress, I yes, guess. But, yes. but, you know, to me, once, you got, I don't know. You got to plan Sometimes better. I think they, they overhype this stuff. I mean, yes, there may be a little bit more stress getting to the mall and then leaving it. But once you do that, that stress is gone. Well, I, and you, I mean. If you are bringing that stress home, you're nuts. I also think with that jelly. if you have a person <laughs> who doesn't do well with scenarios like that, don't make them go with you. <laughs> you know what? I can shop all alone just fine. I don't need to bring buddies with me. You're um, missing out on a lot of fun. But let's say one or one of the two of you or both of you don't deal well with that kind of thing. Maybe it's a good thing you, you definitely to talk about it ahead of time. Well, and that's something you should know ahead of time in the relationship yes. as well, regardless of the season. Yep. Season. Sorry, I'm talking with my mouth full of food because it's good stuff. I'm going to eat it <laughs> through so the sad. entire I show. Know. Mine is getting colder and <laughs> crunchier. So don't blame Christmas. Christmas itself is not the reason why relationships fail. In fact, many couples pause divorce proceedings over the holidays. That right. said, spouses tend to reflect on their lives at the end of the year, using Christmas as a time to weigh and measure their levels of satisfaction about their marriages. It is almost like a yearly test for couples. That's a little frightening. Well, I've never thought about that or I even agree. noticed it. I agree because it's, you know, it's we, we get a lot of end of the year stuff with our media and culture and things like that. And so it's kind of, and especially with the new year, new resolutions, are you going to change things and all that? I, I can see a, a reassessment of your life at the end of the year. It's it's part of our culture. Uh, you don't see uh, it that way? I, there, I feel like thought about there's something way? wrong with me because <laughs> no, I've never. I could have told you that. I've never done that. Hmm. I don't go to the end of the year and, and like take stock of my relationship with somebody. I just figure if there are things we need to work on, you're always working on You don't on sit it. there and say, well, what gift did they give me? No. Huh. Nah. Don't worry just yet, though, because I have some tips for you. The, the author this is has the some author, tips article, that yeah. can help you through the holiday season. All right. Here are the tips that this author is going to... Try breaking up your routine. Have you or your spouse ever bothered to question why you were doing the exact same thing for Christmas that you've always done? Because it's efficient. Does your yearly holiday routine make you happy? Do you, your wife and the children actually experience any quality time together? If you answered no to any of these questions, then you need to reconsider your holiday planning. Instead of making it a predictable annual rat race, maybe you should schedule things you're looking forward to. I mean, yeah. That duh. sounds like a year-long problem for people. I'm just saying. Although, I, although for me, look, the, the <laughs> as we talked about on the show, well, actually, I don't know if we have. My two marriages were both Jehovah's Witnesses, mm -hmm. so the holidays wasn't a thing with them. How's that working for you? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> uh, but I, I got to say, I love the holidays. It reminds me of, you know, because I was a single parent with my two boys. When we decorate the tree together, I made it an event. I put aside the time for mm -hmm, that event. Mm -hmm. But I also did that for other things that we did. So I think this is more of a holiday thing. This is people that just don't plan and rush and put everything. I don't know. I'm just. Uh, agreed. Yes. Uh, so make plans, but be sure to manage your expectations. You and your partner need to be clear about your holiday expectations, which also seems weird to me. But then again, I'm divorced. Define <laughs> together what gives you both that Christmas feeling. 
Of course, family and friends are important and you still have to satisfy the social obligations, but try, no, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But try to remember that your relationship consists of two people. Do not forget to pay attention to each other during the holiday season and be sure to make some room for romance. Oh, wait, you know what? I have music for that. Okay, ready? Uh, No. Here we go. Okay, during the holiday season, be sure to make some room for some romance. I have one audio drop for this show and this is it. (laughs) Even if it's just stealing kisses under the mistletoe. Well, that's, you know, this is general relationship advice that I, like, again, I like to be critical of these articles because it's like, that has nothing to do with Christmas. Your daily lives, you need to make time for each other and stuff like that. Yes. When you don't, things fall yes. apart. Yes, but if things are Ladies. more at risk of falling apart during the holidays, maybe pay extra attention. When he's, when he's there at the sink doing the dishes, go up and kiss his neck and pinch his booty. Well, then the dishes aren't going to get done, but something else is. (laughs) (laughs) Periods of increased stress can definitely impact communications. That's why it's really important that you and your partner openly discuss plans and details for the holidays. I encourage you to focus where... So the spelling of this, I don't know. I don't think this is English. They spelled focus, F-O-C-U-S-E. That's just a typo, I think, yeah. All right. Encourage you to focus on the things that you do like hey, instead focus. of <laughs> focus self uh, that you don't uh, the things that you do and that you don't like. Remember to be respect. OK, so I don't like it when you suck my toes. However, <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? Know what? I, I, my bell hand is going to get tired here. <laughs> Remember to be respectful of each other's points. Yeah, that's a typo, too. It's one word. Each other's. One word. Points of view. But be careful not to mix with alcohol uh, during the communication since even a couple of drinks can exaggerate emotions and reactions. I can't even imagine. Okay, I'm sure we've brought this up before, you guys. I'm not a drinker. Never have been. Me neither. I'm sensitive, which we've also talked about. Yes. I can't even imagine what I would be like. If that was enhanced? Yes. If you were I think I would be rocking and crying. But I'm also a flirt. So I think I would be like, I would have like 19 kids hanging around my ankles and I would be crying in a corner and rocking myself. Probably. Christmas doesn't have to be a nightmare, but it is a test on your relationship. With this in mind, you have an opportunity to get closer to your partner, improve your relationship and have some fun when visiting friends and family. But once again, don't forget each other. I can hear you thinking, the author can, okay, Jim, that's the author, But what are you doing this Christmas? I already broke the holiday routine some years ago and continue to manage my expectations each year as I make Christmas plans. Of course, I spend a couple of days with my beloved family. But after that, I fly to a warm country with white sandy beaches and do my best to enjoy every single day. Okay, this is evidently single. Because he didn't say we, he said I. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This guy's a dick. Unless he's spending Christmas with his wife and kids and then going, all right, I'm off. I'm headed to the Bahamas. That's right. Bye. Merry Christmas. What does he know? You know what? Whatever. Yeah. Well, living here in the climate that we do where it's warm for Christmas and sometimes even a 90 plus degree day on Christmas, uh, the escaping after Christmas to me isn't isn't. Isn't part of my culture. That's that's for sure. We we live in an escapist place. And so, just quickly before we move on, because there were a few different articles, I'm going to just name the bullet points of the six things that are likely to cause some issues. And okay. mark the number one here: who to spend Christmas Day with. Yeah, you named yep, it definitely. Uh, uh, where did the rest of? The I would part? say here what gift to get to your significant other. Somebody uh, spending too much money at Christmas. All right. Or too little. Uh, we don't <laughs> get enough alone time over the Christmas. Somebody else said, I hate my partner's family. That that could be <laughs> tough. Yeah. But you chose them. <laughs> so. Right. Well, we, you chose them. You didn't choose their family. No, but you kind of do unless they hate their family and you never. Well, yeah, some people come from pretty so bad families. So t- take these tips again, you guys. Choose somebody who hates their family that never likes to see them <laughs> and everything will be fine. We, now, I didn't think about this one, but yeah, we come from different religious backgrounds. Right. That could potentially be a problem. Yep. It was a little bit little bit in mine, mm-hmm. but uh, not not uh, not necessarily an issue. Eh, you know, I guess it was. I just don't... Actually, I'll, I'll be honest with our listeners. I don't want to get into it because 
uh, I don't want to be accused of bashing my ex without any of my exes being here to defend themselves. But obviously there's the Christmas thing when they're indifferent about it, then yeah. I get to make all the plans and the places True. we go. And and sometimes they would, <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? There was a little bit of burp or something was, when you said that. It reminded me of Foster Brooks. I was... <laughs> <laughs> you even had that look. <laughs> I wish this was on video because that's what you looked like. That's going way back, you guys. A, Some a, of you will a understand. Burp did, a burp did come out. <laughs> <on that. laughs> I'm exaggerating. No, but I knew it. I was just, I was just hoping I it's could get funny. it past you. Sorry, probably will upon listening to this later. If I hadn't pointed it out, uh, but funny. But but anyway, it, it it I got to make the. <laughs> <laughs> I was in mid swallow, uh, <laughs> and I almost choked. I, I got to make the plans and stuff like that, and and some of the times my wives would would, well, you know what. I don't want to talk about my ex-wife. That's fine. <laughs> only, only because they were they were so different that it, it actually, even though they both were Jehovah's Witnesses, one uh, got away from the faith and actually started celebrating Christmas and participating in everything mm-hmm. and loved it and enjoyed it and probably still does to this day. And the other and that one makes me know about the other one. Yeah, and the other one, uh, you know, we, we didn't. So, well, we'll end it on this. Somebody says, we've become distant over the year. How do we strengthen a relationship? I won't read the whole thing, just the last part. It says, sex is an incredibly important part of reconnecting with your partner. And the festive period presents the perfect opportunity to do this. So if you're going to the Mission Inn, light thing, City of Light (laughs) walk, you know what? Pull her into a little corner and knock one out. (laughs) Right. You know? There's plenty of alleys in downtown in order (laughs) when you're visiting that to... uh, Get, Get at it. Jiggy. Make sure that you can reconnect. And on that note. All right. Well, that is our that is our segment about uh, Christmas holiday and relationships. Oh. Who do we have coming up next, Jana? Well, have you ever wondered about the origins of Chris- certain Christmas songs or any Christmas songs? I'm sure you have. No. I know you have because... Because there's something that you knew about that I'd never heard about. Yeah, we we've, we've we talked about this a little bit during our show prep and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. So let's talk a little bit, y'all, and uh, fill you in on what the origins are. Some of these, we're not sure if people really actually know, because um, there's at least one that it's like, well, we're pretty sure it's this. So that tells me they're not really sure. Right. Sometimes the songs are not exactly what they're what you think they're about. Although I got to say, so I, let me preface this segment with saying that there are some things on the internet that people explain, oh, this is the origin of that. It may may or may not be the origin. Just because it's on the internet does not mean that it's true. 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 Is it one of those things then where you have to keep searching and if it's you find the same thing enough, then it must be true? Yeah, but, then, well, it, yeah, but we still don't know. We no. don't know. Maybe it's just something that everyone said, oh, that sounds right. And so everyone repeated it so much it shows up more often on the internet. So we'll start with one that, um, this was never a favorite one of mine, but uh, really? all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. It started off with Donald Gardner asking a group of second graders to complete the sentence. All I want for Christmas is, and no one really said they what they wanted um, for their, they didn't, sorry, nobody said they wanted their two front teeth, but when Gardner listened to their wishes, some of the students' lisps gave him the inspiration for the 1948 hit. He went home that night and wrote the song in 30 minutes. Wow. So you know what I'm wondering, and I did not do a deep dive on Donald Gardner. I wonder if he wasn't even a... Um, Songwriter? Uh, yeah, a composer, or he right. was just like, hmm, okay, and then it just took off. Well, he had to have some kind of connection somewhere. You know, I'm think. wondering... I'm wondering why you didn't tell me that during show prep, because I don't have that cute up. No, I know, but, but we're not going to play every single song. We're oh, just gonna, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's another one. Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, hey, I have that one queued up. I know. All right. Inspiration can strike you anywhere, even on a subway. While traveling to a music publisher's office, so at least we know this guy, you know. Was in the industry. Yeah. In 1933, the tunes songwriters, guys, John Frederick Coots and Haven Gillespie sat in a subway car and they penned the song on the back of an envelope. Wow. It's the kind of stories we like to hear. And it became part, they uh, made an animated, you know, a stop motion animated uh, version of it. Yep. And Fred Astaire sang it. And this is a little bit of that right now. You better watch. 
You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Why? Santa Claus is coming. Yeah. To town. Is that Fred Astaire? Yes. Okay. That, that's Twice. what I said at the beginning. Are you did? Not, are you not listening to the show? <laughs> wait, wait, we're doing a show? <laughs> And this is great. This is a, uh, of course, Janet can't see my screen, but I'm watching the all the all the little animated stop motion animated characters. But uh, anyway. and it was written on a subway. Merry wow. frickin' Christmas! Un- unbelievable. What about this one? I did not know that. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. All right. You so, probably shouldn't have sang that because when, the queued up thing that I have is just a tiny bit better. I doubt that. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead and describe okay. it and then I'll play it. When clip. songwriters Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine originally wrote the holiday classic for the 1944 movie Meet Me in St. Louis, Judy Garland didn't like it. Really? The actress said it was so sad it would make her co-star, Margaret O'Brien, cry and leave herself looking like a monster. After some debate, the songwriters changed the song to the version that's in the movie. Now, I want to say, this is kind of a down tune. So it's like, what was it like before? Is it really a down tune? Well, down, it's it's low energy. (laughs) It's it's a mellow. It's a mellow song, certainly. Yes. Uh, well, that's interesting because, uh, like, I couldn't even tell you what the song's about. I mean, I know the song. Christmas. I don't listen to the lyrics. Faithful friends who are. I just know the, and... the, the the feeling of it that it's a uh, it's a melancholy reflective song. But here, instead of Jana singing, which I know some of you are really big fans of, of course, here is a clip from the movie Meet Me in St. Louis with Judy Garland singing. See what I'm saying? Oh, so they have troubles this year. Next year, the troubles will be out of sight. I never thought of it that way. Because it's already kind of, you know, yeah. low tempo. So, wow. What did they change that made it and you know what? happier? I've never seen this movie, but watching these clips, Judy Garland is fantastic. She is beautiful in this. I mean, the makeup, the lighting, very yeah. dramatic. This is before... Hollywood did what they did to her, apparently. Yeah. Well, no, it would have been in the midst of it, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. It's just a great, great movie. And she looks beautiful in this clip. Margaret O'Brien. Oh, she was a little girl in, I think, Pretty Women. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who Margaret O'Brien is. Yeah, I think she was like the youngest girl in Pretty Women. Pretty Women? Little so she, Women. Well, this, this in this clip, uh, Judy Garland is singing to a little girl, so maybe that's what she's talking dark, about. Dark hair? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Oops. Awesome. What about this one? Do you hear what I hear? No, I just want to know. Do you? <laughs> well, I just heard what you just heard. <laughs> okay. So, a plea for peace, maybe... Songwriters and then married couple Noel or Noel Regini and Gloria Shane Baker wrote the song during the Cuban Missile Crisis in October 1962. Really? The song later went on to sell more than a quarter million copies during that Christmas season. But, I mean, according to this, they're not <coughs> really me. sure. And so... They're not really sure what, if that's if, where if, the origin of it, if it's, or if it means, right, if it's, or it's influenced meanings. by, right. Oh, okay. So you're saying, <clears throat> excuse me, I got some chocolate. <laughs> I got some Mexican hot chocolate in my left lung. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying that, that they're not sure. Again, this kind of goes back to what I prefaced this by right. saying that on the internet, people are speculating and we don't know for sure if this yes. is what they meant. So as a plea for peace, maybe, but, but we don't know if it was some kind of a war time Christmas. Well, we were tune. we were looking for this clip, and uh, we were we we're trying to find traditional clips of people singing this song. And the interesting thing that Jan and I were talking about uh, before the show was that we thought these songs were a lot older than they were. Yes, these are songs that are you know around our lifetime within mm-hmm. a couple of decades. But 
I thought, do you hear what I hear was like, right? you know, 1800s mm-hmm. or something like that, or even maybe before then. So then we said, you know, when we get the clips, let's get something recognizable that we like. And Jana said, well, how about Andy Williams? Yes. So this we have Andy Williams. This is uh, apparently from one of his TV shows. He's a, a lot of kids around him. Do you see what I see? He had such a nice, uh, inviting voice. And I would say he's older in this video because I can hear that his range isn't quite as good. But only if you have perfect pitch like me would you notice that. (laughs) Now for me, for our generation, people that are 26, uh, we know Andy Williams from his TV specials, his Christmas specials Mm -hmm. only. I mean, I guess he had his... His own recording and all that, yes. you know, yeah. uh, for our parents, probably he's a bigger star than he is for us. He ended up with the show in Branson, Missouri, eventually. Right. And, yep. And I got to tell you, uh, let me tone him down here a second. After Nothing sounds Cuban Missile crisis no, to me. No. no. But I can see why this would be of comfort to people when they need something that warms your heart. Certainly. We certainly could use it right now. Yeah, Things are wacky. As big as the sea. Right. So that's a that's a good uh, song there. But Andy Williams, his Branson show, he would actually tour with his Christmas show. And one year he was out here in the desert. And this is when my mom came down for Christmas and for her Christmas gift, because my mom grew up watching Andy Williams on TV and all that. We went to an Andy Williams Christmas show. It was wonderful, Jan. Oh, I'm sure. It was like a TV show. He had variety acts, and it was like watching uh, the TV taping. I wish I could taping. take my mom to something like and that. And it That's was wonderful. so great. Could have. And yeah. the, the following year is when he passed. Ah. So I was so glad to take my mom to something that she remembers from her childhood. Yeah. To something that was certainly entertaining for me as well, and uh, got to see uh, and participate because we all sang together and stuff in an Andy Williams Christmas. Special. That's really and neat. It was great. Great memory. So I'll be home for Christmas. Walter Kent and James Gannon's song captured the mood of homesick Americans in 1943, especially the soldiers who were in the depths of World War II. It was the most requested song at Christmas USO shows in Europe as well as the Pacific. Now, it it doesn't necessarily say here that that's what they wrote it about, about soldiers. Right. But, I mean, it is alluding to that, and it certainly was, again, another song that was really appreciated by the soldiers, and obviously it's saying here that it was um, requested a lot at these USO shows. See, and for me, like you said, that's another song that I assumed was older than that, but uh, it is traditional, I would say. I I remember thinking that song because I used to go up to Oregon for Christmas, even though I consider Southern California my home. I was born and Mm -hmm. raised here, but at the time, I was the only member of my family down here, me and my kids, and uh, I would go up to Oregon uh, every year for Christmas, and I would always think that song, even though it has nothing to do with war, but it was like, I'll be home for Christmas, because, you know, being with family right, is right. home. Just a couple more here. Everybody knows the 12 days at Christmas. See, this one I have, I don't know. About the origins? Yeah. Well, here's what it says. It may actually be a Nate May. It may actually be an 18th century memory game intended to help young Catholics, none of the rest of you, if it's you, (laughs) plug your ears, or if it's not you. Uh, It helped them learn the tenets of their faith, which I'm not, maybe they're saying just the tune? No, it's somebody change the words? No, no, no. I I know what this is. This is all, every every one of the uh, uh, stanzas is, is a different tenant of the faith and it represents something else okay now on like the one the hand means Satan this almost Bible. seems like revisionist history okay someone's saying again this is what i was talking about just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's true someone taking a song saying oh i can't I, believe you l- say that let me <laughs> you're so jaded let me let me take this song and I'll 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 put my own thoughts into what each thing might mean yeah and maybe i'll get a lot of clicks and all that and get more advertising dollars etc 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 that's one take on it. But see, mm-hmm. I could jump on the other side of the fence and say, you know what? Songs actually were used. Of course, I read this on the internet. Songs were used to help people remember different things because we can remember things musically better than we can just by rote. 
You know what? Next year so for our Christmas correct. show, I think we should take this song and we should reinterpret what we think it means now. Like the <laughs> ladies milking and lords a leaping and all that. <laughs> I could find a ding. Maids a milking. I could find a ding. Oh, uh, I'm sure. I'm wait, sure. Are the maids milking the lords? <laughs> well, I, that's why I'm saying. <laughs> So it so says, yeah, the, or stay the tuned for next faith. year's dingable 12 <laughs> We've got a days whole of year Christmas. To think about it. <laughs> Over the centuries, some said the song's gifts had hidden meanings, including the true love symbolizing God and the partridge in a pear tree was Jesus Christ. Right. So why don't we hear a little bit of that? And Well, what, what other, do you have a the list of the other things, what the other ones mean on that? Oh, no, 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 no. It only gave a couple. Oh, okay. Because I know there's a whole thing. So you guys can look it up online. We're not going to waste your time with all that stuff. Yeah, or you can wait until next year and we'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you have your own ideas, be sure to let us know by contacting us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let's knock a little. Or you can call in if you have your own 12 Days of Christmas recommendations to our dedicated listener line at 909-572- Zero two seven eight. <laughs> Only one eight. All right. So this is this is. Uh, so we want to get a uh, clip from Twelve Days of Christmas, and Jan, yes. explain why you wanted this one. I we had a couple of old timey uh, Christmas albums, as a lot of us probably did, and this was on one of our Christmas albums, and I just have always loved it. There's an urgency the way this woman sings it, and it's fantastic. So All right, we'll just we're do not going to little... do the whole 12 days. We're going to do the 12th day, yeah. and this is Joan Sutherland. I got chills. (laughs) I've never heard this version. And just like that. Isn't that fantastic? Joan Sutherland. Wow. Obviously an opera singer. And uh, as you said, when we discussed it, I don't like opera. I'm not really into opera, although I've never gone to see one. And I want to do that one of these times. But it has to be in a language I understand, I think. I don't know. But it has to be sung so you can understand. A lot of opera. I, I see uh, YouTube stuff, yeah, opera stuff that's yeah. in English. I still can't understand it because oh, no? it's just too <laughs> operatic. Now, for me, the 12 Days of Christmas meant uh, a, a song that... Okay, that this uh, is our Christmas song. I don't know Please if you're familiar with this one, Jana. Is it Bob There's and Doug McKenzie? It is! Oh. <laughs> By the way, that's me on the organ. Oh! Wait, No. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. <laughs> Are you not familiar with this? No. Day of Christmas, my true love gave this is great, me. though, Listen, with headphones. And a beer. You got to hear what they're saying. I'm, I'm hearing. <laughs> On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer. Okay, that should be more there, right? Well, on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Four pounds of back bacon, three French toast, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Oh, <laughs> is this a video? No. Oh. I'm deciding that that's Rick Moranis in my left ear. Yes. Oh, yeah? Okay. And Dave, I forget the other guy's name. Dave Thomas. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. It's, it's a How great song. How did I know song. that? I, I don't know, especially since you said you're not familiar with no, the I'm not song. not familiar with it. Yeah, that came out in 1981 because that's when Bob and Doug McKenzie were. Uh, big, I think it's just because deal. it was obviously talking, and right. and they're kind of deadpan. So yeah. I mean, it's not that big of a stretch. Yeah, it's a it's a funny thing, funny uh, rip on Canadians that they they're Canadians and they were ripping on themselves, and it was uh, pretty this, dang funny. I, we'll do one more, right? One more. Yeah. And this is a great one to end with to escort us into the next portion. Let's talk about The Little Drummer Boy. Yes. The Little Drummer Boy is a popular Christmas song. It was written by an American composer, Catherine Kennicott Davis, in 1941. So another one that's not that old. Yeah. First recorded in 1951 by the Trapp family. Now, it doesn't say the Vaughn Trapp family, but it's spelled T-R-A-P-P, family, with a capital F as though it... So I'm like, well, wait. So so we got to look that up. Wow. We won't do it right now. No. <laughs> but stay tuned for we, next Christmas. And we won't do it during show prep for this show. 
by the Trap family. The song was further popularized by a 1958 recording by the Harry Simone Chorale. The Simone version was re-released successfully for several years, and the song has been recorded many times, many times since. In the lyrics, the singer relates how, as a poor young boy, he was summoned by the Magi to the Nativity of Jesus. Without a gift for the infant, the little drummer boy played his drum. I'm, I feel like crying. Uh, with approval from Jesus' mother, Mary, recalling, I played my best for him, and he smiled at me. <sighs> oh, it's great. Let's listen to a little. And the, the clip that we have selected, and we'll talk about it, and we'll talk over it so that we don't get shut down by all the <laughs> licensing people, yes. is... Uh, so we I, apologize now. This is a classic in itself, and uh, here it goes. I'm getting chills. Me too. A newborn king to see. First of all, who would have ever expected? These two to sing together. Yeah. I may tear up too. (laughs) Did you see it when it was live on the show? I did. You saw it when it originally aired? Yes. Yeah, because my mother loved being Crosby. So for those that don't know, this is the classic, and I do, I have chills still. This is Bing Crosby on one of his Christmas specials, and he had as his guest David Bowie, of all people. Of all people. I mean, talk about opposites in, in, as far as culture and stuff like that. <laughs> you gotta tear it up. See, I'm talking and not experiencing it, so I'm not tearing up. I don't know when what we did is. show prep, I started tearing yep. up just playing the clip. I don't think it's just because they're past. It's just so, yeah, both of them obviously no longer with us. But, I mean, they took the song and they com- whoever wrote this to combine it and make it into this fantastic duet of two uh, different generations. Standing around a piano? Or yes, something? Yeah, standing okay. around a piano. Yeah. Two different generations. I mean, Bing Crosby in his time was, you know... The bees and knees. Bowie was still pretty out there at this time. Right. I he mean, that he, was... he became more famous after this and, yes. and, and more mainstream, if yeah, you will. Yeah, not quite so uh, uh, Major Tom, Space Bowie. I mean, this is just unbelievable that, to, to me, still to this day, watching this, that these two... Well, I don't think Bowie was not a legend at the time. Like no, you said, he so. was relatively new. But, I mean, just... Crosby certainly was a legend. You know, and I have to give credit to Mark and Brian, radio DJs in the L.A. area for 25 years, because they played this a lot and made me love it more and probably made some people aware of it that weren't before. And that's live. Yeah, unbelievable. Pretty thing, isn't it? Pretty thing, isn't it? That was just great. Mama? Great. <laughs> Sorry. Great stuff. <laughs> I gotta wipe my tears away. <laughs> ah. Oh, it was great and now stuff. I, and now I've rubbed mascara in my eyes, and my eyes are stinging. <laughs> so great. So now you're I'm gonna, gonna tear up even get more. This. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts? Do you think that there are ghosties during the Christmas season? Well, there certainly is when you think of the stories. Like, A Christmas Carol is a very scary story, if you think about it, about ghosts coming back to haunt the rich people so that they'll pay their employees more. (laughs) Five reasons why ghosts' experiences are more common at Christmas time. Hmm. Traditionally, Christmas is the time for ghosts and hauntings and telling spine-chilling tales. I don't get that part. I'm like... No, except for... for, Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm wiping the mascara. My eyes still. <laughs> Fortunately, genuine ghost experiences are seldom as terrifying as those in folklore and fiction, but it is true that such experiences are more common over the festive season. In fact, there are five reasons why Christmas time in the Northern Hemisphere may be particularly conduct- condu- conducive. conducive. Sorry. See this? <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> I've, you guys, my phone, I'm, I'm looking at my phone right now and I have to replace the screensaver. So it kind of gets in the way, the weirdness of me <laughs> seeing this. Yeah, conducive to ghost encounters and the spooky stuff. More people spend time at home. The most likely place to see a ghost or have a paranormal experience is in your home 
After all, we speak of haunted houses. The majority of ghosts and hauntings are domestic, so it stands to reason that when people are at home celebrating, they're more likely to encounter any manifestations in their home. Also, with people coming together, there are potentially more witnesses gathered together to experience anything that might occur. Now, I can say that, first of all, they say that there are more hauntings that have happened during COVID, and for the same reason, because people are were locked down, they're home a lot. Right. So the things that they wouldn't normally notice, suddenly they are. I did have uh, paranormal stuff happen here when I had people here. Right. Uh, oh, and it just occurred to me. On our last show, we had that we didn't even mention this. On our last show, we had the ghost balls. <laughs> <laughs> And it was going crazy throughout the show. Right. It is triggered and lit and it hasn't done anything. I'm sure one of us would have noticed. Right. It hasn't done anything Yeah, the whole we time. haven't had, we've, we've had uh, one of the ghost balls is up on a shelf where we both can see it the entire show. Totally forgot about it because nothing's happening yeah. with it. And it would flash. We would know. We would oh, know yeah, if it happened. Yeah. So that's interesting because I don't, I don't, I can't figure out these ghost balls, what triggers them or doesn't. Well, I know what triggers them for sure when it was doing that before. Fondling them? Fondling them. <laughs> The majority of ghosts and hauntings are domestic. So, right, sorry. On the downside, friction may also arise in households during the periods of close confinement over the Christmas period. Many researchers into poltergeist believe that family tensions play a part in generating poster, poltergeist, postergeist activity. I, yes. Hmm. Yes, things were far more active and creepier when the ex still lived here and things and tensions were high. Right. Big difference. Right. And I think the house might have even felt different to other people. I think the house was sending you messages. I think we've discussed that, I mm -hmm. think, on the show before. So if people are undergoing stress, it's theorized that the unconscious mind of one or more of the household may generate psychokinetic energy, which results in objects moving and strange sounds. That's interesting. Hmm. Nights are longer in the wintertime. While many ghosts are seen during daylight hours, there's a tendency for hauntings to manifest at night. I don't know. I'm sure I've said this before, too. I don't know if they manifest more at night or if it's just that we're quieter and... Uh, right. The city noise, everything else is quieter. Your you senses can hear are more, more heightened. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. So some studies suggest that the frequency of sightings increases as the day goes on into nighttime, reaching a peak between midnight and 4 a.m. and a decline after dawn. The traditional periods of midnight to cock crow during the ghosts, um, that's when they were said to walk. I've hmm. never heard of that saying, cock crow. No, but I'm dinging it anyway. Thank you. <laughs> it suggests that there's a possible link with dreaming. If your cock is crowing, call us at 1-800. <laughs> call him. <laughs> it suggests a possible link with, oh, okay, sorry. A possible link with dreaming and dreamlike states. The brain chemistry at night being more receptive. Uh, Christmas being at the darkest time of the year would provide the ideal environmental setting for putting the brain into this state. Additionally, many people report seeing a ghost while they're in bed, either in conditions of being half asleep or half awake, again, suggesting a link with brain chemistry. Uh, you might have a more relaxed state of mind. Tied up with this, the fact that Christmas is a time for taking time off of work and a relaxed state of mind is conducive to encountering ghostly phenomenon. Da, 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 da. Experiments <laughs> in testing psychic powers in the laboratory seem to indicate that relaxed and altered states of consciousness are conducive to receiving psychic impressions. Hmm. Investigators find... This seems to replicate in the wider world. Many apparitions are seen by people in a state of relaxation or whilst in bed. Uh, ghost hunter Andrew Green, and he was born in 1927, passed in 2004. He used to ask ghost witnesses what they were thinking about at the time when they saw a ghost. And the answer was generally nothing in particular. Yes, mm. I can attest to that. Okay. And certainly not ghosts. To the extent that Christmas time is an opportunity to, uh, when you're off and you're thinking, uh, but you're not thinking about work and you don't have as many concerns that allow the brain to be, and so it allows the brain to be more re uh, receptive to psychic experiences. People out driving in the countryside at night may also be prone to ghost sightings when driving on dark, empty roads. With a narrowed range of vision and little in the way of visual stimuli, the brain may go into a relaxed mode, again making it receptive to seeing apparitions. Hmm. 
Perhaps this phenomenon lies at the root of stories of spectral riders, phantom coaches, and ghostly pedestrians and hitchhikers traditionally said to manifest over the Christmas period. Hmm. We recollect relatives and friends who have died at Christmas. Members whom we've loved but are no longer with us is common at this time of year. Christmas is also a, a spiritual festival in Christianity and one period of the year where more people attend church than usual and they engage in spiritual practices, pray, they visit burial grounds and recall the deceased. Though not consciously thinking of seeing them as a ghost, such memories may combine to help the subconscious mind generate apparitions within our minds and imaginations. Hmm, this may explain the experience of poet and novelist Thomas Hardy on Christmas Eve, 1919, Hardy was coming out of Stinsford Church in Dorset and saw a figure in the 18th century clothes near the grave of his grandfather. Hardy's second wife, Florence, gave details in a letter to a friend, Sidney Cockerell, written on 27th of December, 1919, that Hardy had indeed seen what he assumed to be a ghost. And in quotes, it says, he saw a ghost in Stinsford churchyard on Christmas Eve, and his sister Kate says it must have been their grandfather upon whose grave T.H. had just placed a sprig of holly. The first time he had ever done so, the ghost said, a green Christmas. T.H. replied, I like a green Christmas. Then the ghost went into the church, and being full of curiosity, T. followed to see who the strange man in the 18th century dress might be, and found no one. This wow. is quite true, and it's a real Christmas ghost story, and that was still in quotes from the letter that the, his wife wrote. Hmm. However, just how such a postulated mechanism may operate remains a mystery. And finally, Christmas is an emotional time. Many physical experiences are linked with states of high emotion, such as key moments in the cycle of life, birth, death, and uh, moments of crisis. Consequently, with Christmas being a highly emotional time, when experiences can be more intense and meaningful, more people may be mentally primed for encountering paranormal experiences. A happy, lighthearted mood can be conducive to triggering phenomena. An example is the 19th century spiritualist seances were often jolly affairs with singing and exuberant displays of behavior. A celebratory atmosphere can trigger odd manifestations, often of the pol poltergeist variety. I gotta say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't connect being jovial and singing. I don't and know. Exuberance. We've had we've had stuff happen here at the house when we have a lot of people here at a party. So we have, but I mean, okay, but but if you hadn't experienced unusual things here, would you think at a party that's the prime time? No. Okay. I rest my case. <laughs> An example uh, of a manifestation was reported at Pencate House near Edinburgh at Christmas in 1923, whilst a family was singing carols by the fire. They reported the family crest above the fireplace, leaning forward of its own accord towards them, as though bowing towards them before moving back up in defiance of gravity before and resuming its normal position. Haunted pubs also generate many such accounts, such as the phantom footsteps regularly heard on Christmas Eve at the Cross Keys Inn in Saffron Walden, at Saffron Walden in Essex. In 1963 and 1964, or the footsteps and bangs heard at the Queen's Head Blyford. We need to go to England. I guess so. There's a lot of hauntings here. Uh, in 1969, by the landlord and drinkers in the bar who thought the pub was being burgled. Psychologist, psychologist Carl Jung from 19, 1875 to 1961 encountered many synchronistic events as premonitions, meaningful coincidences, and throughout his work as a therapist. He noticed that they almost always accompanied periods of emotional intensity and transformation. Again, this is really interesting to me because I've not researched, researched this, but knowing how much more activity there was when the X was here. Right. This makes sense because I thought I can only explain that it's different now than it was then. Not that I don't have things. Right. Saving this for another show, but I've had more activity here at the house lately. Uh, but it was, again, it was darker, literally, and, and more active when he was here. And there was a lot of um, pain and um, attention. Right. So I'm surprised, as we were talking about the Christmas show, you know, not always, but often we have Paranormal Corner, and I thought, huh, 
how do we tie it or do we just forego heritable corner but golly by yump and yemini looky there that's amazing <laughs> It happens never at Christmas, Christmas the time. Same now. <laughs> maybe we should have a seance on Christmas after dinner. Ooh, maybe. Right? I'll have my mom lead that seance. She can bring them in and invite the ghosties. All right, you guys. It's that time of year. I hope you're listening right before the holidays. Again, you can go to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. At Snack a Little. And you can always give us a call. Comment about any of the shows if you want to. We'd love to hear from you. And you can call us at 909-572-0278. Did you know about the origin of any of these songs? I had not heard any of these. You knew at least about the um, the 12 Days of Christmas. Yes, You'd heard. yes. I've heard that one before. we got to work on that for next year. <laughs> we do. I know. we got to come up with a new meaning for all of it and maybe research uh, all 12 of them. All right. And as always, you guys, tell your friends. Come on back and have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.